Welcome to Zero. Okay. We're cutting. We're cutting. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not. Yes, we're not we cutting are. any of this. No. We're not cutting no. any of this. Someday, Krista, <laughs> after ten years, you're going to look back to and see the progression. I'm Krista, along with Carson and Freddie. How are you guys? We're great. Prime. <laughs> um, let's just get into it. Let's just talk. I don't know. What should we start with first? Oh, man cheating in chess. Who was that? You? No, I think that was me. Um, so I was reading the BBC the other week, not the Daily Mail. And that's, a, um, that's new for you. It, yeah. Um, you know. All this success is clearly going to your head now. <laughs> no, nah, it's just, you know, honestly, we're, we're back to raising money and I want to be able to sound like, you know, I know what's going on in the world. Um, and when you're talking to Americans, just sound British. It's fine. <laughs> so you laugh, but it's true. No, I was like, yeah. I was. I was on a like I was on an investment committee meeting this morning. You and put your English accent on? No, but the person speaking, she had a British accent. And I was like, you know, that, that probably the only qualification she ever had for this job is the British accent. I swear to fuck. Wow. So my attention turned to cheating at a chess competition in Kenya. Now this is multi layered. And Which I is think, a hotbed of chess excellence. Yes. I did not know that. Okay. No, it's not. There's been a lot of uproar in the US, uh, I think, especially in like collegiate sports about, you know, trans athletes, whether mm -hmm. they should be able to compete as women, yeah. um, whether they should have their own class, at what point you should draw the line based on hormones, testosterone. Truth be told, I don't really care. What I think is fascinating. <laughs> about Kenya is that um, when they have chess tournaments, they actually have them um, separately for men and for women, which as far as I was aware, there is not a great physical requirement I think for they, chess. I think they I do that the here States. too. Yeah. I, I only know that because... Wait. No, I'm, I, no I, think they, I think they do separate by sex and it's something that I've puzzled over like, like honestly, what's oh, shit. I'm not sure what the, the rationale. Well, just when we need the bar app book, I assume it's because Kenya is one of those places that still think that women have a small brain. But um, anyway, I'm almost sure. Or or what or what Sasha Baron Cohen when he was doing Ali G referred to as a crap country. Yes. So what I think is fantastic about this is you know a you know, obviously intellectually superior male decided to um, compete in a female's competition. Now, he didn't go the whole hog of like the hormone therapy, all the other stuff. He just put a burqa on, went into the competition, <laughs> fucking smashed all the women. Now, the thing that gave it away, apparently, was he didn't talk at all during the competition. Maybe it's because women were never allowed to go to school there. Could be that. We're going to find out and probably okay. get no interest so wait, what from happened? the Kenyan so he... Sovereign Wealth Fund. So he wins the competition. Yeah. Well, as soon as they can get a Sovereign Wealth Fund, we will have the conversation. Let's see if Goldman can raise it for them. Um, <laughs> Goldman can take it from them. <laughs> so how we got caught was he didn't talk to anyone during the competition, which people thought was quite strange because apparently it is a little bit social and it's not uncommon to talk to like the person you're playing chess with. However... Homeboy was rocking like size eleven converse, <laughs> so like perking, like poking out from his uh, from his burka with these massive fucking <laughs> shoes. So he just kind of like have a little look up there, and they're like, eh, "This is not going to cut it." Now, this is apparently not the first time he'd done it either. Um, so they are, I think, thinking of banning him from all competitions in Kenya. But I don't understand like why he destroyed the competition there. So a few weeks ago, we were um, talking about this um, this morning. So there's a there's a trans female power lifter, right? Who recorded this video. Um, a I trans mean, female power right, lifter. Right. So it was a dude mm -hmm. right. who was a power lifter, yep. became female, and then uh, recorded this video yep. where, and she's like the world record holder, the US Canadian, I think the Canadian, Canadian record yeah. holder for bench press now. And so she recorded this video where she's looking into the camera saying, 
you know, I don't know why women aren't better at the bench press. It's embarrassing that women aren't better, you know, like, I mean, it's just, you know, the phrase would be the balls on this chick, right? Yeah. For speaking like that. And a lot of people thought so. So, so this one dude then entered the Canadian, entered as a woman powerlifting contest. And he did it to prove this point, right? So he's got this huge bushy beard. He's just like a big dude. He's not even dressed like a woman. Just gets there in front of her. Just fucking annihilates. Yeah, she's in the audience. She's in the audience. Just fucking annihilates no her record. On yeah. International Women's right. Day. Right. right. On International <laughs> Wait, Women's Day. What? Then he did it to prove the point because they had gone to, you know, the Canadian, uh, the Canadian governing body had gone to this, you know, like self-identification rule. Like if you identify as a... You know, as a woman, then you enter as a woman. So he did it to prove this point that, you know, this is fucking stupid and take the record away from, you know, like the. Totally. Yeah. Take the totally. the, the woman who used to be a man who was talking shit about women in powerlifting. So anyway, I mean, like that, I could understand how and why a dude would smash the competition. I'm still trying to understand it in Kenyan why? chess. Like what? What I mean, well, seriously. Uh, do you think he was using anal beads? Do you think that's why oh. he had this? He had those like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's probably well, the, why. Well, the IOT anal beads. Right. Not just. You know, <laughs> Regulate. We, we, we got to be. But would they have sufficient internet service or or they like Starlinked? <laughs> this is the real use case. <laughs> like after this Russia-Ukraine war is over, like cheating in third world chess tournaments with like. Starlinked anal beads. That's that's, where it's that's at. the use case. Uh, um, so anyway, next, Krista. Um, oh, the should we talk about the video? Um, that Matt is it Molden? Molding. Molding. There's a G on the yeah. end. Oh, there's a G. Oh. Yeah, I mean, when I googled it oh. earlier today, it, it turns out there's a G there. Oh, um, I guess you British just group. don't pronounce the. Uh, well, I mean, the part sure? of the country is from like. He's the CEO of the Hut Group. Yes, which yes. is a UK listed shit code. Which always makes me think of a Star Wars character, but okay. <laughs> so this guy, it's it's really interesting. He um, he had a small business that was actually probably an okay little business. Um, it was called My. Protein, or he bought, I think, myprotein.com, and it was like, you know, make your own, <laughs> like... I'm sorry, wait. <laughs> Where's this go? Myprotein.com. <laughs> I mean, seriously, did nobody, like, get this one? Well, I don't, are you sure it was myprotein.com? I, th no. I think it was cool. Now <laughs> it's your protein.com. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Sorry. There's some right there. <laughs> So, so it was back when, you know, all the muscle protein stuff, I think, first got popular in the UK. And, like, the idea was you could kind of customize it, I guess, somehow. I think. I can't actually remember if that was the whole business. And um, somewhere along the way, he goes from being, like, local boy made good. I probably worth, like, 50, 100 million pounds. Like, kind of real business into this, like... I'm going to buy a ton of just complete shit, put it all together. KKR are going to get in there. And actually, I think they sold out and made some real money. So better lucky than smart, believe me. Maybe um, it was smart. Maybe it was. I mean, because like, it doesn't have to be a good business to make money, right? Like, True. We've been around long enough to know that. <laughs> that those two things are actually not linked at all. <laughs> there's there's no relationship and maybe an inverse correlation. Quite likely. You know, at least post-GFC. So, you know, he eventually kind of gets the way to being this like five billion pound listing. Now, just before the IPO, it turns out there's these um, real estate assets that he sells to himself. I think he gives himself a golden share. Um, so, you know, basically it can't really be replaced as CEO. Um, none of that matters. My favorite part is how on his Instagram, he's standing there like surrounded by chicks in Mykonos or Vegas doing the kind of like, I'm a fucking northerner and I'm ripped to shit with bottles. 
And a few people like pointed out that if you're going to be the CEO of a publicly listed company, that's maybe not the look you are going for. Um, or, well, you're not the CEO of a publicly listed company, <laughs> all right? Like, don't, don't. Hey, man, I'm just thinking of Edwin I- Dorsey. <laughs> I mean, minus the being ripped, but okay. All right, we're going to get some side-by-side Edwin Dorsey, Matt Molden, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's unfavorable as a comparison for Edwin Dorsey. But um, anyway, at some point, um, a firm in London called The Analyst, and we you know, we subscribe, we, we like them, we think they do good work, wrote a couple of you know, very like light touch, but fair pieces pointing out some pretty glaring issues that were in the publicly available filings. And um, I think since then, the stock is probably down 90%. Um, and this guy, Matt Molden, has just gone this like long campaign against short sellers, like all the good theories, you know, offshore short sellers causing my stock price to collapse, um, you know, cabals of short sellers. And then the other week, <clears throat> with the stock down like 95% from the all-time high. He puts, Which was probably the IPO. Yeah, he puts out this like crazy motivational video. With, oh like, my God. Who was it? Like Morgan Friedman it and... Denzel. Denzel's Denzel. in it. And he writes this long tirade about how no one wants to list in London because of the evil cabal of short sellers that get together and just like push prices down for the sport of it. I wish we could do that. (laughs) It's this guy is just so fucking unhinged. So I watched that video earlier today, hence I am aware of the G on the end of the name. And um, number one, I mean, it didn't seem to be a screed against short sellers so much as it was a promotional video for a stock. Right. I felt that the anti-short seller message was really the second message. Uh, but or secondary message, but I mean, he uses a lot from a like a, a lot, lot of footage from the Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, um, there's another movie in there that he that he uses a lot from too. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, he massively infringes copyright there. Like, I don't I mean it's for a blatantly commercial use, so it mm-hmm. falls outside of the fair use doctrine. I mean, it's too long and it's too commercial to be fair use. So, I mean, I'm. Kind of curious why they, they don't fucking sue him. He originally but. just uh, this was going out to his employees like for well, the he, holiday he put, yeah, time. Yeah, he put it on like, his LinkedIn, and then he put it. On I mean, his it's LinkedIn. listen. It, like, I it created such. I I, I saw it. It's it's I not it it's a, not a private video. Like this right. is publicly. No, no, now. But I'm just saying. When, at first, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, so so what I was thinking though is like, look, this guy clearly has a really jaundice incorrect view of short sellers. I was like, you know, last time that happened to us, we just invite people to the office, they get to know us a bit. <laughs> they <laughs> then write very favorable <laughs> coverage. But um, no, I was thinking like, Matt Molden, should we sit down with him when we're in London and tell him? And I'm like, you know, that guy's fucking ripped. And he's from like a fairly tough part of Manchester. I'm not sure I would fare very well. Like, I think that guy could really really knock someone out i what if i threw you at him not not a lot of upside for me still there i don't know no, but i mean with that you know throw like, him at him i mean dude, Matt. like a bowling ball and like what well like slide <laughs> slide freddy across <laughs> the table what so like, yeah. if i just do the yeah. old I could, thing so I, look but that's okay clearly like he's running a shit co but if there was an award for him i think it would be hardest looking CEO I in the UK market. So, do you remember? I know you don't because you've never seen them, strangely enough, but the South Park episode where Cartman has that weight gain 2000. Yes. Right? Early, he sees, early, he sees early. the, early. yes, early South Park. It's, I think, season two or three. Sees the infomercial for this guy named Beefcake saying, you know, are you tired of being a scrawny 120 pound weakling? Eh, I weigh 120 pounds. Get Beefcake! Beefcake! So anyway, yeah, it just totally reminds me of that with uh, my protein. So we're going to have to like hopefully splice that in, which will be within the fair use doctrine if we don't do too much of that. 
So, you know, and since uh, there's zero commercial purpose right. at all to anything now. we're discussing here. So, so if Joe Lowe is watching, because I think he did uh, fund the Wolf of Wall well, Street, did, right? And you, yeah. you're looking to, uh, you know, assert some serious legal claims in the Court of London. That'd be fucking awesome. That'd you know, be should... so dope. But that was in 2011 that they're like, the Huck Group adds muscle with the acquisition of myprotein.com. Chris, this is some of the best research you've ever done. You sure that's not, <laughs> you sure that's not 2021? I think it says 2011. I think the acquisition oh, okay. was 2011, yeah. 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 It was All right. Wow. So, yeah. Look at you. <laughs> do, you use the, do you use the Wayback Machine for that? What's that? Do you use the Wayback Machine? No. Do you know what it is? No. Okay. okay. It's an essential tool mm-hmm. for, for what we do. Anyway, um, and I don't know this item that we're going to talk about next, which is... Uh, I think you mischaracterized this. MW versus a journalist with a PhD. Is that how you spell that? PhD? I don't know. <laughs> um, it's a PhD. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was your item. Yeah, no, it's it's my item. It's, it's my angst. But I wasn't going to say that it's just about like this one PhD, but all right, back up here. So... Some Republican senators, including this one guy, Senator Marshall, um, commissioned a report on the origins of COVID. And it was released two weeks ago. And so you could get it from Senator Marshall's website. And the title of the report, so the cover page is dark blue, title of the report is Muddy Waters, The Origins of COVID. And it's got the authors of the report, Dr. So-and-so Cadlick, Dr. So-and-so. Um, anyway, I didn't pay attention. Like I wouldn't give a shit. Like it's, you know, whatever. But I look at my Twitter feed, I guess that morning or the next morning. And I see this one Twitter account that I've never heard of before. Um, basically say, is the author of this report the same as the, quote, foot soldier in the global war against truth, like basically referencing you know, something I put in the you know, in a, like the Twitter profile for at Muddy Waters Re. And she just starts bombing on like us being partisan hacks or something like that. And she there's a link. So I click on the link because I have no idea what, what the, the fuck. fuck yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I just woke up, man. What the fuck? And. I click through and it's a link to, I guess, a version of the report with a doctored cover. And so the doctored cover, it says it's it's in like our hues or our logo colors. Um, and it's got kind of Halloween spooky blood dripping font, um, you know, reading COVID-19. It says by the Muddy Waters Group, but it actually has the wrong date. It has January of 2023 which this report, the actual cover is April like 15th, 2023. And, you know, and then like her little, you know, like followers jump on it. And I mean, and so I click through like, you know, who the fuck is this? Right. So Twitter profiles is, you know, Amy Maxman, comma, PhD, award-winning journalist, da, 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 da. Right. So it's like, wow, what the fuck? So, so anyway, I I mean, well, like I'm, I got to catch up on this. I'm like, what, what what is this shit? So I look at that report. I'm like, all right. I mean, like, obviously we, we we didn't write the motherfucker. I mean, I, I know we'd, well, so (laughs) (laughs) I know like, that's true. I mean, that was easy. Is this why you haven't written a fucking report yet? Um, so yeah, so I, I reply, or I try to reply, but I'm unable to because um, only people she follows may reply to her, right? Oh, so, this like, is getting annoying. yeah, it's getting, so. yeah, like, so it's self, self anointed, so. appointed expert, you know, who's too fragile and ego to allow, like, you know, that the, the hoi polloi oh. to reply to her. So, anyway, I retweet, you know, tagging her and just like, you know, say, this is you know, this is the work of a PhD and award-winning journalist. Like, you, you can't even figure this out. So anyway, we end up having this um, exchange where 
you know, in that thread where she asks me whether we wrote it. And I, you know, and I write, no. So then she goes back to original post and, and she corrects the record by saying, at Muddy Waters Reed denies being the author of this report. I'm like, bitch, like what, what the, the fuck? Yeah, like what the fuck? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? You made a mistake. And you know, and so then I go and I research this and I'm like, oh, here's the real report. Like this took all of, you know, 12 seconds of using Google to fucking find the real report. You know, now I'm pissed because she, you know, she's like, she's obviously like one of these like hyperpartisan, constantly hyperventilating people, you know, like spends all her fucking Twitter time just like, you know, ranting about the other side. And like, I don't want us pulled into this world of shittiness and all of her Twitter followers jumping up and down, like accusing us of picking sides and all this. So anyway, but the thing that really pissed me off um, about it is just, if this were a rando on Twitter, like fine, whatever, whatever. we get those all right. the time. Right. You fucking put in your Twitter bio, PhD, award-winning journalist, like you're holding yourself out to the world as an expert. And so anyway, I ended up emailing her because she has her email address um, in there. And I, you know, I emailed her after the fact and I I was like, that was not a that was not a correction of the record. Okay, when you said they deny it, I, I showed I showed you the actual link. You know, go out and either delete your tweet, mm-hmm. you know, or or, or basically retract, and there should be an apology. Yeah. So she waits like you know four or five days to reply to me. The reply comes through, and she's like, you know, and so she says, well, I noticed that there were men out there who had made the same mistake, but I don't notice you going at them the way you went at me. Like, so now she wants to play like that, you know, like left wing card of like, oh, well, this must be toxic masculinity or, oh you know, like misogyny. And I just let her have it. I'm like, no, it's because you advertise that you're a fucking PhD and award-winning journalist, which means trust the fuck out of me because I know what I'm doing. Anyway, I didn't hear back. Tell you, but. It makes a lot of sense now why they separate men and women for chess. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and why the why the dude crushed the women? Like, Did you we, do this from your Gmail account? No, no, from my Muddy Waters account. You you were busy that day. Muddy Waters, but but, that, but that's Muddy Waters COVID nineteen group account. <laughs> Anyway. So, yeah. So anyway, it was just, but there, oh, there was also, there was, so... there was also at one point when some like other PhD who usually follows her kind of jumped to her defense and is like, she so be... she made a mistake. You, why all the vitriol? That's oh, over the top. And, you know, and uh, I just replied to him. I'm like another PhD, LOL. So he didn't get it. So he wrote back, you know, he tweets back like, yes, we are legion. And so then I kind of let him have it. I was like, yes, legion in making mistakes, never admitting to have made a mistake, yeah, that's what covering, me. you know, covering up for colleagues' mistakes and basically helping to dis- destroy society's trust in expertise and institutions. That's what this legion is doing. And so the reply Did to that from him back? was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Wow, that's pretty deep. But yeah, it's like, you know, this, but, th- this, but this really burns my ass, not just because of the muddy waters element here, but it's like, Look, I believe in facts. I believe in truth. I think expertise is important. Totally, I mean, it's definitely better than letting the guy in like 22B fly the fucking plane. But <laughs> the problem is, you know, when the fucking pilots act like this, I get yeah. why everybody is like, give him another beer and show him to the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, we'll land this bitch. You know, like that's that's what this sort of bullshit does to to society. So anyway, that was that. Speaking of expertise, let's queue up the next thing. Uh, Jerome Powell getting pranked by the Russians. Yeah, so this was awesome. These Um, two comedians, go ahead. Were they comedians? Yes, they've done this to a slew of very well-known. A slew? Is that like three (laughs) schneeburgers hanging out together? Like, oh, it's a slew of schnees. Um, Anyway, yes, there are two comedians. And what happened? Um, no, they just, they, they do this all the time to different. Well, what, what do they do? What, what do you mean? They prank. They prank. Well, how do they prank? Like they leave a burning bag of shit on his doorstep? Like, what do you mean they they prank him? They, they call up, they get to speak to like Jerome Powell and yeah, they get, and I guess 
I like how he admits to them. That, so, like, okay, well, hang on, hang on. You're, you're leaving so much out. Like, I didn't. <laughs> how did they get to speak to Jerome Powell? Who did they say how did was they get calling? His phone that's, well, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. I really am curious about that. But who did they say they were? Who did one of them say he was? Um, yes, Zavinsky. Did I'm saying his Who? name right? Zavinsky? <laughs> yeah. From Ukraine? Yeah. 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 So anyway, they pretend they're um, King Zavinsky. Anyway. Um, anyway, so they pretend and they, I, I guess that Powell didn't like, like, give any important information just <laughs> so says powell <laughs> well so says the king yeah they were the like king? no they're, they're the it was zoom was it a phone call was i think it was zoom yeah it was zoom it was right zoom. Like, how do they fucking get through it like that's pretty like i'm genuinely curious how do you get through the I mean, layers and they to get all to i know thing? is they I mean, got him to talk about like the economy <clears throat> and inflation what did he say that i don't know we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> Probably nothing smart, but um, how did uh, well? It's, I mean, same way that Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, as Ali G used to land those well, interviews. So you know what's interesting? But yes, so something he used to do um, once he became more recognized was he would um, so he'd turn up in his like Fubu gear and all the Tommy gear hat and stuff, and he would like carry all the equipment. And so he'd have his cameraman dress up really smart. So the guy was thinking like, oh, this guy's just like slapping around a bunch of like camera equipment, like pay no attention to him. Like the guy in the suits, obviously the guy who's gonna interview me. And then like, you know, he'd set some of the camera equipment up and then he'd like go and do the interview and the guy's like, oh, fuck, uh, huh. what's going on here? So. I mean, um, that's, that's still hard to pull off because yeah. that dude is tall. He is like a Sasha tall guy. Baron Cohen, yeah. I think he's six five six six i think yeah which would not make him the tallest person that we interact with at muddy waters but mm. um but anyway i think what's great about this is firstly jerome powell's like you know trying to do a bit of a balancing act as he speaks as fed chair and like gets on the phone with Zelensky, or who he thinks Zelensky's like yeah man we are fucked like no no ability to control this inflation stuff can wreck the economy like we're totally fucked. So it does make me wonder what we could do as <laughs> like sat here because and that would be real edge against like these millennial kind of like fund managers because probably kids these days don't do prank calls, right? Like mm -hmm. well, not really. Well remember, so shortly I after did. so shortly after he started his anti corruption campaign and the guy who was appointed uh, he appointed chairman of the anti corruption movement this anti-corruption drive, this guy Wang Qishan. Mm -hmm. So remember, we used to talk about how, because the thing is the Ministry of State Security, they've had officers in Hong Kong for a long time. And so I understood um, from talking to people who had investigation firms there that like you could generally, like the MSS guys were just cocky motherfuckers. Like they were generally young. They, they didn't carry badges. They just, they like, they carried themselves like with, you know, like they had 10 foot dicks and they would just like walk into someplace and be like, yeah, I'm a MSS. So get your boss, get me these files, get me coffee. And like, no, you know, and everybody's too scared to ask him for like ID. So we were talking about like how she totally like roll up and be like, you know, Wang Qishan, you know, I mean, Chinese dudes yeah. rolling up for us and, you know, and doing it. be like, all right, we need to know like, Obviously, you're cheating Wait, on how, taxes. How, how are so you how, committing? How, yeah. how are you committing fraud? What are your real numbers? Yeah. Show me the real numbers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're. You know. We'll leave you alone now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tried to get on that. Uh, I tried to get on a conference call once by saying I was Wang Chi San. <laughs> I mean, you did get on a conference call by saying once I was Jim Boys Junior. Yeah. Guy's got a bigger schlong than uh, Wang Chi San. <laughs> He's more known in China. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's pretty awesome. It was a awesome. phone conversation. It was a phone conversation? Yeah, and okay. the two comedians, I don't, yeah, but it was, it was uh, phone, it wasn't a Zoom. It's, it's pretty awesome, like, it's, it's, it's a great skill and one that I think will probably die out with, like, mobile phones, because who picks up a no-name number? I mean, 
evidently the Fed. Yeah, I mean, but, that was one of the first things I ever downloaded, like when they had the tube sites, um, was um, You Kick My Dog. You mean like RedTube? No, I, that, you don't download anymore, you stream. Um, but like, you remember they had like LimeWire and... Um, well, that was the Kerpaw, You Kick Ker- My yeah, Dog. Yeah, You Kick My Dog. And there was like that Kerpaw soundboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. I'm, I'm going to kill you. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. There are probably like a whole group of people like who are never gonna have the joy of like calling the pizza place or any of these like awesome things. Sad. Let's talk about the hippos. Spawned from drug lord Pablo es- Escobar. Well, he didn't actually impregnate hippos. No, but it was from his ranch that he he had purchased these hippos. Mm-hmm. As he had, I guess, an exotic zoo. Is that right? Kind well, of like yeah. that's what he. That was his thing, right? That, that's, that's what he was what famous his, for. Yeah. His exotic zoo. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious In too. My Did he do it? Is there anything else notable about him? Um, no, but anyway, these hippos, they what, won't... What did he, how did he make his money again? What did he do for a living? Import, export. You mean kind of like... Yogurt? Wasn't he... <laughs> what did he buy that he... Greek yogurt? Did he invent that Greek yogurt that we like so much? Or, or, or did he own... Yes. A, I mean, did he, did he originally own Telefonica? No. Let's look this up. Uh, I thought he was a drug lord. I don't know. Are you sure? Do you want want me to read it? Pablo Escobar. Escobar. Not Escobar. Colombian drug lord. Politician who was the founder and sole leader of the mid... Am I saying this right? Um, Medellin. Cartel. I yeah. said that he was a cartel dubbed the king of cocaine. Is this how why he's famous? I mean, I just knew about the hippos. You're you're what Gen Z or something? You didn't grow up with this guy. Who are oh, you this buying? guy's my uncle. <laughs> I was gonna say, who were you buying your shit from back in the eighties, Krista? I mean, he said he was my uncle, but I don't know. <laughs> um, want to talk about it? So, you know. I, I think it's a wonderful legacy that he's left Colombia, like the country he terrorized for so long. The, the final insult once they, like, you know, killed the dude was just like, yeah, I'm going to leave fucking hippos all over the place. Right. So they escaped and now they're, they're procreating. There are no from, natural predators yeah. there. Right. But what's awesome about it is the way they're dealing with this problem. It's not like, oh, there are rats. Oh. We'll, we'll release cats. They've got to castrate these hippos. Which is actually very difficult to do. Um, so I, I think time-consuming, like, difficult, expensive. So it, co- so it apparently costs it's like seventeen grand, seventeen thousand U.S. dollars. Isn't that Because they shoot it with a trank dart. Right. It takes like four or five hours to like you know remove the balls, and um, you know, and I guess they just leave it there to wake up or something, which that's kind of a weird I mean, one. Dude, how pissed off is the hippo going to be when it wakes up and it that's, realizes that's, there's I didn't no realize. fucking That's what I'm saying. I didn't, that's, I didn't realize That's like the I first time article. I woke up in a bathtub of ice, you know, like a fucking <laughs> scar where my kidney was. I didn't was. realize how hippos are really aggressive and like so many people Very like, dangerous animals. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, if you're a dick to it, sure. No, no. <laughs> no, they're it's pretty aggressive animals. Really aggressive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want them in their zoo, but I guess Mexico is like, don't like the, the, this guy from like, who All runs the fucking Mex- look same. No, the guy from who runs the Mexican zoo is like, we, or the I don't Mexican know if he runs. zoo. <laughs> I swear to God, he's like, no, buy them over. There, no, there, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, Wait, there's a guy what? who's, there, I read this. There's a guy who's got an animal sanctuary. He's Mexican. The sanctuary is in Mexico. Like it's not. It's not like a zoo in Mexico. <laughs> you are so fucking racist. There's the goddamn Italianness in you. It's just it's so racist. Anyways, I swear the fuck. You've done a lot of research on this. That's what I like. Oh, I thought it was like he ran this very famous Mexican zoo, but I was wrong. Um, so he's so- importing the hippos. Well, that's what he wants to do. I, I think it's no. I think they've sent some of them to him. Which is cheaper than, you know, $17,000 a castration operation. You know, which, by the way, you might not be aware. Colombia is actually not a very wealthy country. (laughs) 
Dude, that's so bad that they're probably spending more per capita by a multiple on castrating hippos than they are on healthcare for like individuals mm-hmm. who. You know, that. and actually, if, that's what if, it said in this article. I well, swear to God. Well, right, I'm not, and, and you know, and if they—that's exactly what it said. And they, if they just like let the cocaine trade flourish and tax it, they'd As be it able to pay. Be. They'd be able to pay for the. They'd be able to pay for the surgeries, mm-hmm. right? Like we're solving. I mean, what kind of stupid fucking country like knocks its GDP down by like 80, 90 percent? Yeah. Could be a very wealthy country. With fewer hippos. (laughs) Yes. All the hippos would be in enclosures who wouldn't have this problem. I swear to God, I read this in the article and the, the zoo or whatever in Mexico only had two hippos named Freddie and Kathy. I swear Shut to, the fuck up. I swear to God. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, but, this- but they sent the rest to Jerome Powell's zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not saying... So that's we- a real legacy of Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Maybe this isn't that's factual, right. but I swear. You know, if the Sacklers would have just left hippos everywhere, no one would have given a shit. Oh, I mean, they have time. <laughs> they definitely have time. <laughs> I know, right? Everyone would forget about like, you know, it's like put put my name back on this building (laughs) or every fucking day I'm going to release more hippos on your property. (laughs) It's going to be a problem. So Sacklers, if you're watching, we've thought of a solution to make everyone forget about the opioid epidemic that you caused. Yeah, your approach to PR, you got to think outside the box here. Okay, so next, let's talk about uh, Randeep Hothi. Did I say it wrong? No, you. I Hothi? mean, you only worked with him for a yeah. while. Like, I always that call sucks. him Randeep. I didn't call him by his surname. No, is I it Hothi? Hothi. Hothi. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I Don't apologize. apologize to us. Apologize to Randeep. I'm sorry, Randeep. <laughs> okay, so what about... Your former colleague, whose name you can't pronounce. Um, a fierce critic of Elon Musk. Wait, is, that, that, what? I'm just reading the board. A fierce critic of Elon Don't Musk. Don't read. Tesla. Talk to me. He sued the billionaire for defamation and, in 2019, and Musk elected to settle the case for ten thousand dollars. And you were going to talk about this, right? So, well, so, I think Randeep accepted a. 998 offer under California law, right. which you could tell us So this about. is this is actually pretty interesting what happened because, um, so yes, Elon Musk defamed Randy Poti in an email that he sent to this guy, Aaron Greenspan, who operates a website called Plainsight. And in the email, Musk asserted that Randeep, when he had driven his car into the Tesla parking lot to you know, do some diligence on Tesla, that uh, Randeep almost seriously injured a security guard, but he sideswiped him, made contact with the security guard. So initially, Tesla sued Randeep some years ago. Well, Tesla got a temporary restraining order against uh, Randeep, and then they, they moved to make it a permanent injunction. And so in that proceeding, Randeep got the court to order Tesla to turn over the, the surveillance tapes that showed him supposedly hitting the security guard. So of course, because this is a complete lie, that you know Tesla never turned the tapes over and just dropped the case. So after they dropped the case, Aaron Greenspan emailed uh, Musk, and and so Musk you know, you know, fired back with the allegation that Randeep almost killed the guy. Blah blah blah. So Randeep filed suit in California, California State Court. Um, against Elon Musk because both were residents of California at the time. And anyway, that, so I guess he filed the suit maybe in 2019. And so they just settled it. Now they settled it for $10,000. And, you know, it sucks because seeing Elon Musk get away with crazy shit, like he had, you know, when he called that guy Vern Unsworth a, a pedo guy, with zero basis other than he lives in Thailand. <laughs> Which doesn't mean there's an 80% probability. I'm just, <laughs> say that with a straight face. I know, I can't say that with a straight face. Do it again. Do it again. I can't. I, can't. I mean, fair enough. 
But if you can't prove it, <laughs> other than by saying he lives in Thailand. Um, so anyway, Fernand's worth, you know, probably had a meritor- very meritorious case, but he got crazy ass Lynn Wood uh, to represent him. And so Lynn Wood, it sounds like, did just an abysmal job at trial. And so the settlement was confidential, but it sounds like, you know, Fernand's worth got like almost nothing. Um, which I should have checked on that, but I, I assume that was federal court in California. And so this 998 settlement um, statute doesn't apply. But so California, I'd never heard of this. There's actually this, so this provision in the civil code, section 998. And let's say I'm suing you. I'm the plaintiff, you're the defendant. So what you have the option to do is to make me a 998 offer, which you say, okay, Carson, I'll settle with you. And it only it only includes, it only refers to monetary damages. So there's nothing else right. that can be part of right. this, this offer. So you say, fine, I'll, I'll agree to settle with you for $10,000. Now, if I reject your offer and I either don't get a verdict in my favor or I get a verdict in my favor, but the damages I get are lower than what you offered me, then I'm on the hook for a good portion of your legal expenses accrued from after you made the offer. So it sounds like in- Which is why he took the- Right, so it sounds like in Randeep's case, that probably would have been about a quarter million dollars. So if Randeep had gone to, had gone to a verdict and if he, you know, if he either didn't get a verdict in his favor or he got a verdict in his favor, but got damages awarded of less than $10,000, he could have been on the hook having to pay Musk like $250,000. And so this is actually really, you know, because California is such a litigious state. I mean, I'm surprised that this provision exists, but I mean, it, it's quite a weapon in a situation like this where you have massively unequal wealth mm. because I get the impression that that would have been a number for Randeep. And so the problem that Randeep was facing is that with defamation, with any tort or you know any action, you have to prove damages. And with defamation, it's hard to say what the monetary amount of damages were. So, and when you look at a guy, you know, if you say, well, two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, a lot of money to this guy, that implies that he, you know, that the amount of damage that could have been done to him economically through the defamation wasn't that high. So it was actually, I mean. You know, Musk's legal team outmaneuvered Randeep's legal team. Like, I don't mm. think they saw this 998 um, offer coming. And it's a fucking shame. Like, it's just amazing how bulletproof Elon is. But look, make no mistake. I do think that this should be read as an admission of wrongdoing by Elon Musk. Um, you know, and I mean, no amount of damages was ever obviously going to, you know, like hurt Elon Musk. It's, I mean, he can... Right basically defame probably everybody in this country and still it you know it's like pocket change to him right. but uh but anyway that's that's what happened so it 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 backed you know it backed Randy into a corner that yeah it fucking sucks really does probably has enough money to defame everyone in this country and Thailand <laughs> well except remember Thailand don't fuck with the king true because yeah, the next time that the next true. time that jet lands in uh, Thailand, yeah. you know, for Elon to go do his own pedo shit, um, you know, that's uh, yeah, they they won't fuck around. They'll throw him in prison. You know that that brings us on nicely to our next topic of discussion, we which really it's just a video. Should we just have them play the video? But why did you think it was like <gasps> it's like worth even mentioning? Oh, it's just hang on. There, there, there's there's another there's one before. Like we'll yeah we'll do this video as the closing. But yeah. I want to you know a lot of people are wondering now. Um, like you know there's concern about banks and gee mm-hmm. how can you see this coming because you know we're always fighting the last war. Like what's a good leading indicator of a failed bank? So I want to show some stock charts here. So oh. first I'm going to show this one. Okay, so this is First Republic Bank. Mm-hmm. And this is from July 1st of 2022 to today. So you could see it's down about 98% since mm-hmm. then. Now, what happened in July 
of 2022 at First Republic. In July of yeah, almost a year ago. Year. Yeah. Okay. They kicked us out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I suspect oh, yeah. it's because they've gotten a subpoena from the DOJ. Yes. And so they, and so, you know, like, we're too, you know, like muddy waters must be way too big of a risk to keep around. And so less than a year later, they're in the ground. They have bigger ground, yeah. Hold on. Okay. Here's a stock chart of Credit Suisse from November 1st of 2013 onward. This one is down about 97%. Mm-hmm. What happened in November of 2013? They told us to go fuck ourselves. They told us that they would not prime for us. The Reputation Risk Committee pulled the plug on that. Yeah, okay. Now, these guys aren't out of business yet because they're Japanese, but this is Nomura. And so this is from January of 2017. And (laughs) since then, they're down about 33%, which is quite quite a poor track record. Mm -hmm. January of 2017, shortly after January, is when they threw us out as clients also. What was really outrageous was they threw us out because we were short China Huishan on swap. Like all the fucking things to get your knickers in a twist about. Right. Well, it's because like the SFC, you know, just right. asked them for the trading records. And, you know, to be fair to them, they had just shut down the US equities business for like the 18th time this, this century. And so it was being handled, like we were moved to like London where they were handling the relationship and those were credit is the guys and then like fuck these equity uh, some trouble assholes. in the orient bollocks uh, you think they really spoke with the british accent the guys who made yeah. that decision yeah as opposed okay anyway yeah, the japanese guys are asleep i mean you have to be really bad to get sent to london from japan in Nomura. fair fair enough okay now the only bank which hasn't completely fucked up as a result of mistreating us is bank of america so in early 2016, after we shorted Group Casino on swap, um, they kicked us out. Now they're up, they're up since then. However, they underperformed the S&P 500 significantly. So, so here's the point. If you're a risk officer at a financial institution and you're looking at doing business with us or maintaining your relationship with us, and you want, and you think that maybe you should end the bank's relationship with us. Let me tell you something, buddy. We're not the risk. You're the fucking risk. You're going down. That is what, that is yeah. the history that of everybody true. who's kicked us out. That so, is true. And if you look at, I think, the first kind of quasi prime to take us on was uh, Albert Freed. They got acquired. Yeah, man. It's been yeah. massive. Yeah. Big premium yeah. of us. So actually, and we were, I think, the largest prime client there too. Yeah. So, so, so hey, you know, future credit, you know, future risk officer, mm. do you want to be a zero or Japanese version of a zero, mm. which is you go know, sideways for 38 years. <laughs> sideways and down for, yeah, like a century. Um, or do you want to be a fucking hero? Yeah. Do you want to be Albert Freed? You want to be the hero? Before we finish the video, just a quick recap on Credit Suisse, who continue to distinguish themselves. So I was in Switzerland last year and we were talking to some potential LPs. And what I what I really like about the Swiss is, you know, everyone we met with, like, you know, the, the odd joke about like, you know, hiding Nazi gold comes up and they're like, oh yeah, it's so good. We've all shed our reputation for just being a um, place for despots and criminals to park their money. I'm like, Really? They have? They have? Like, what the fuck have you guys got left? Um, I know, I was going to say, there must be no more assets left in the country. So everyone, like, is always joking, like, oh, like, how much of UBS and Credit Suisse's tier one capital is just, like, stolen Nazi gold? Well, turns out, actually, it might be more than they were letting on. So this is an article from the Financial Times, April 18th. Um, It starts as, you know, probably most articles about Credit Suisse should... Credit Suisse deliberately sought to hamper an investigation into Nazi assets last year. Wow, guys. Um, That claimed the bank had serviced scores of undisclosed accounts, according to U.S. senators. So you're thinking like, oh, well, maybe it was a dude who was just like in an office somewhere. 
with at least one account linked to a senior SS officer that was open until 2002. Wow. Oops. <laughs> Pretty fucking bad. Um, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> why didn't they go to Ye for a bailout? <laughs> I mean, dude, you're wondering, like, it, they must be wondering why they still have these, like, octogenarian clients in Argentina and why, like, you know, the Argentinian office is doing so much business. But what a fucking group of scumbags. So the allegations relate to a probe launched in 2020 at Credit Suisse. Um, looking at allegations um, of human rights abuses, uh, money illicitly looted away. I mean, I guess if you fuck with that investigation in 2022, 2023, like, like who whose career are you asking well, so, to so, protect? So like, this is the good bit. Um, so Credit Suisse had claimed that an Alex partner investigation had exonerated it of, long, of wrongdoing, okay? And I mean, look, we've seen a lot of these claims about internal investigations yeah. exonerating companies when in reality. Unfortunately, there was a U.S. senator who published another report, um, which the bank had opted to keep secret. So I think not only does this uh, goes further, Credit Suisse maintained accounts mostly until now undisclosed for at least 99 individuals who were either senior Nazi officials in Germany or members of Nazi-affiliated groups in Argentina. So I think what I like about this from a more general point is not that Credit Suisse is gonna Credit Suisse, it's a good look into what happens with these internal investigations that we are endlessly saying are bullshit, are whitewashing. And this is a really good example of actually what comes to light when you have two investigations, one that is independent and one that is Cause, cause slightly again, the, less independent. Because again, the thing that the when you when you put it that way, the thing that's so interesting is the decision makers here have been dead for decades, right. and yet they will still sweep this shit under the rug. Right. You know, whereas like you whereas know, the bank's we... only been dead for ten years. <laughs> so yes, it's, exactly. Um, so then we'll we'll close with I think it was a, the Daily Show used to say, and "Now your moment of zen." <laughs> So hopefully what? you're watching this on video and, and take us yeah. out. What? How am I taking you just, out? Just take us just, out. Just, just, just take us out. What? Just like outro with the moment of Zen reference. Well, I don't know it. I don't know the okay. Zen part. I don't know it. Your moment of Zen. Moment of Zen. So, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Your moment of Zen. <laughs>